Hi, friend. Before we dive into this week's conversation with my friend Ben, a quick note to head over to Chatroom The Radical Fairies, that bonus episode for a short story about my experience with the group that Ben and I are associated with. Ben has been my best Judy at the Radical Fairy gatherings ever since my first in 2016. Ben and I met in Los Angeles, and they got quite the quick and dirty intro to the performance art making I was currently up to at the time in what I'll call my personal blue phase. At Highway's performance in Santa Monica, I was doing a solo show of sex work on Cam 4 while reciting Arthur Miller's The Crucible over and over and over and over again for what came to be 24 hours. As a sort of fuck-off to the draconian policies of the incoming Trump administration. Ben and I got to work on an artivist party together with our dear friend Silly called Viral Illuminations at Naval L.A., When I first saw Ben's knit sculpture work in person at an exhibition of queer Latinx art, I was blown away. So magical. Hopefully Ben will let me share some documentation of their work on our Insta at I Miss You Podcast. Now, here's Ben. You're my first nighttime caller, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds so scandalous. I know. You know what? I just got an image of, did you ever watch USA Up All Night with Rhonda Shear? No, I have no idea. It was before your, I believe it was before your time, um, because Mm. I was quite young when that was on. I'm going to say it was the late 80s. I don't know if it was ever syndicated, but it just reminded me of that. <laughs> and they would just be, I mean, it was like Rhonda Shear, who was, um, she played a sort of like bodacious blonde, like a blonde you would see, like the blonde in like a horror movie. And then it would just, they would screen like horror movies. Oh, I love it. And then she would make, they would stop at every, like, I feel like 10 minutes so she could make commentary on it. And some guy, like, dressed up as Freddy Krueger with, like, an active, like, a campy, a campy nightmare else she'd seen with her, as if it could get campier. So fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an Elvira alternative or something. It was, um, it was like the yin and yang, like Elvira and Rhonda Shear, because Rhonda Shear was blonde. Totally. Yeah, yeah, it was sort of a yin and yang, the opposite of goth, whatever that right. was. Right. Whatever that Do you was. want like like the goth witch femme Vital, or do you want the final girl? <laughs> yeah. Although I think I don't know. I want to say Rhonda Shear would probably be the ones like one of the first ones killed off. Like she had that really fantastic cameo. <laughs> she looked really great. She was the Drew Barrymore of Scream. <laughs> uh everyone loves the Drew Barrymore of Scream. <laughs> One of the best Drew Barrymore's we've ever gotten. It truly, I really should revisit that movie sometime. Me too. It's on my quarantine watch list, actually, to revisit the whole series. Oh, the series. Was that the one on MTV? Oh, no. Oh, I, I just meant the whole like series of I, films. The, I, the franchise. Yeah, I forgot they made a, a series of it on MTV, too. That's right. I, have you wow. seen it? 
Have you seen it? No, I heard it's not great. Yeah. I I had a feeling, so I just avoided it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How is your pandemic? Girl. <laughs> it's been a ride. Um, what kind of ride? If she were a ride at the amusement park, what kind of ride would she be? Ooh. Um probably I, well she'd be a dark ride for sure. Like something like like Snow White's scary adventures, but but like more cerebral and psychological. Mm. So like maybe if you like mashed up Alice in Wonderland and Snow White's scary adventures. Ooh. I would I'm here for that mashup. Maybe not happening in in everyday life. But I'm I'm here for like maybe a traditional mashup of that. Not not for that mashup to be your reality. Well, welcome to my everyday life, girl. <laughs> well, that sounds well, at least entertaining. Totally. And at least, you know, there is that sort of like moment at the end where like you sort of like pause and like everything's kind of like happy again and back to normal, you know? Um, not that everything is getting back to normal, but all of that is just to say that I am moving towards a a sense of catharsis. It's been a real like emotional journey for me. Mm-hmm. Um, this quarantine. Basically, I've like taken advantage of the time to like create my own like personal growth wellness retreat. Like I'm doing a ton of therapy. I'm doing like a physical therapy and emotional therapy mm-hmm. and support group and stuff. And I've just been really like diving deep into my psychology mm. and unpacking some patterns and unearthing some like past traumas and looking towards healing them. And um, yeah, at times it's fraught, but I can't say I haven't put this time to good use. So that I feel really good about. I love that image of unpacking patterns because what I saw was like, like this fucking like crazy geometric quilt being pulled out of like a like a cedar chest. <laughs> mm, it's so oh, that that quilt. Oh her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't see her before. Where was she hiding all this what time? What was she doing in the bottom of that cedar chest <laughs> with the mothballs? <laughs> <laughs> How about you? How has quarantine been treating you? Um, very similar. Yeah, very similar. Uh, yeah. Deep, deep diving. Scuba diving. Yeah. Yeah, going into some caves underwater. Mm-hmm. Seeing some fishes. And maybe a shark or two. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a magical world under the sea. Yeah. I feel like there, I, are, yeah. there are dangers deep down there, too. Yeah. But yeah, definitely deep dive. I really hear you on the creative shit. Um, because, you know, all that, all the work that I've been doing with sound and sculpting that instrument and those instruments and kind of incorporating them into kind of some sight work is a recent phenomenon. I mean, it's, I've done it, I've done like some things around it before, but like ritual, combining like ritual sound and like doing it in sight and documenting it with video is new as of the start of the pandemic. 
Totally. And I see it like building off of a lot of stuff from your previous body of work too, like building yeah. off of your durational performance work and the stuff you've been interested in more recently in terms of like mm-hmm. sound as like spell scape. Um, and I, I really love the work that you've been doing of late that I've been seeing online. I think it's really, really beautiful and powerful. Thanks. Cool stuff. I don't know about you, but I, the creative work that's been happening, at least for me, has felt quite different. Like in the trajectory during the pandemic, yeah. it's felt quite different. The stuff I'm making during the pandemic has felt quite different like, than anything before. I mean, I can't really speak to that. I haven't really been creating a lot of my own personal artwork this year. I've been doing a lot of stuff to keep my art career moving forward in terms of, you know, like press and um, working on proposals and stuff like that. But just in terms of like where I've been at mentally, it's been really hard for me to create. Um, I've really just been spending a lot of time... um, you know, focusing on self-care. And sometimes that's all you can do. And that's okay. Yeah, especially now because I feel like there's a sort of an opportunity to be in the cocoon mm-hmm. and like gestate. Totally. And like re rebuild, re-narrate. And then when we can, when we're, when we're released again as butterflies, we will be new, you know? Like that's that's how- the perfect metaphor. Yeah, for me, it's like, this time is all about going inward. It's about hermeticism. It's it's about the internal journey. And it's not about putting stuff out into the world right now. But it will all make the stuff that I put out into the world that much richer and that much more, um, I don't know, it'll just be a new phase of whatever it's going to be that will be influenced by all of this time and this work that I've been doing. Yeah. I wish I knew more about astrology. I sadly do not. I have friends that sort of really orbit Mm -hmm. in the astrology world. But Mm -hmm. I feel like the pandemic has felt a little bit like one long dark moon. Like it's like where all the seeds are being planted for this like big transformation to happen. Totally. Um, and I, I, I'm curious if there's something going on astrologically I'm, during this time, particularly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know astrology well enough to say, yeah. but. It wouldn't surprise me if there were. <laughs> I'll have to ask someone. <laughs> I got a solar return t- chart um before my birthday last year, which I which I usually do every year. What is that? Um, mean? A solar return chart is a chart that like maps out the year ahead for you. So your solar return is your birthday because you return to the same place around the sun right. where you were when you were born. Right. Um. And yeah, it just kind of like tells, it's like a forecast for the year ahead, basically. Um, and mine was like, like, I was already like, I, oh man, before the pandemic happened, um, I was like applying to Scout Hegan, the art residency in Maine. Oh, right. You told and, me about that. Yeah. And I was like making new work and making a lot more work in my reinserted series, which I still have ongoing. But um, I was I was really had a lot of momentum behind everything I was doing, so I was excited for like a year of making and exploring 
new potential stuff out in the world. And the solo return chart was like, no, girl, no. Like, there's all this disruption in your home life. You're going, like, you're going to have to move very suddenly. She knew, didn't which she? happened. <laughs> she knew. <laughs> she knew. And it was like, and, and this is a year for you to look inside. This is not your year to, mm-hmm. to explore the world. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's cool. Um, I've been thinking, you know what feels different is I've actually been tuning in a bit more to the trajectory. And, mm. and my whole fucking life has been like fast and furious. Um, I've been running my, running my fucking show like I'm putting on a play or like, <laughs> you know, like a musical. Like we've got, we've got two weeks to rehearse and we've got to open so we can play for three weeks. Like everything has felt like very temporary and very quick and i just got to produce 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 but i feel during the pandemic i've really been tuning into the trajectory like how can i how can i move towards this bigger goal and not just like the sort of self-satisfying goal of tomorrow or next week or next month totally I love that. That really resonates with my pandemic experience too, because this is the first time in my adult life when I haven't really been in that production mode. Like for the last 10 years, I've just been go, 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 focusing on making art and surviving while making art um, and building community and all that stuff too. But um, I haven't really taken a step back Mm -hmm. until now. What do you think drives you to um, create like that? Like in production mode, like what you said? I mean, so much. Part of it is trauma, for sure. Like part of it is proving to myself that in spite of trauma that I've experienced, um, I can like prove it to the world that I can do great things. Um, and that those difficult experiences can't hold me back. Um, another part of it is like the idea of, well, I want to say legacy, but really even more than that, it's like the, the fear of death. I think, um, it's like, I remember being like 12 and realizing someday I'm going to die. And what am I going to leave behind when that happens? And I, you know, really didn't even think of having kids at that age. I, I kind of knew I didn't want to have kids. And I knew I loved doing creative things. It was kind of like at that point when I decided mm. like, oh, my creative work is what I will like leave behind in the world. Um, and that is a huge motivating factor for me. Yeah. I'm wondering too, like, I'm kind, I kind of feel a similar way. Maybe... Um, Maybe it, you know what, maybe it is a fascination with death in a way. Um, And I don't know if that's like part of being queer because we're kind of like a fast and loose (laughs) group of people. Or if that's like, if that has something to do with trauma um, where it's like, you feel like you've got to like overwork yourself. You've got to produce, produce, produce. Um, because otherwise if people stop seeing you, you'll either slip away and you'll be invisible or like the trauma fragments are just like that sort of 
level of just safety that's kind of like pounding you at the back of the skull. Um, like things don't feel safe. So it's like kind of walking around in a hot cold all the time. <laughs> like I know mm-hmm. that I, that's my personal experience with that. That resonates with me a lot. Absolutely. And then I think there's also the aspect of it where like, like you don't just want to let the trauma sit. You need to do something with it, you know? And I think like, even though a lot of my work doesn't like speak to a lot of my personal traumas very specifically, it's totally influenced by it. Like my work that's like about queer activism and HIV and stuff, you know, and then mm-hmm. even um, like preserving queer history or even my work about the body, like all of it, I think comes from a place of processing and working through trauma and working towards catharsis. Mm-hmm. and finding catharsis in the process yeah she's good <laughs> when you <laughs> when you want her <laughs> when, you want, when you want her to come around <laughs> totally yeah <laughs> i'm reading this um i was thinking about you today because i just got a new book in the mail called um i wrote it down oh it's called gay bar why we went out and it's by this writer jeremy atherton lynn and it's just like um i i haven't gotten very far into it because i just started reading it today i was trying to read it's kind of fast and furious and plus it's really interesting so it was moving rather quickly for me it's just kind of like these sort of mise-en-scenes of um the bar scene and and there's a mention of the eagle in london and it's like going in and out and like talking about different times in the bar scene back to stonewall and then like i think even back to like much earlier like much 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 earlier um but i know that like we when i was living in la we went out a lot like that was part of our sort of culture there um Absolutely. Was to go out and socialize. And even maybe if it weren't necessary, like in a bar, we would get together with our group of friends all the time. Totally. I mean, that's how you and I met. We met at Pink Sabbath, which was, was that like daytime party that our friends threw at Pink Verdugo Sabbath. Bar. Where was it at? Verdugo Bar. I think that was the name of it. Um, some bar in like Highland Park or Eagle Rock or one of those. <laughs> right. Yeah. I had I I used to love going out in LA. Like just those venues, there were a lot of fun. Oh my god. I used to I love going to what was the Sunday bear party? Was it Bears in Space? Oh, Bears in Space was the best. Bears oh my god. And, oh my god, the fucking like bouncy castle in the back. Uh-huh. Right next to the taco truck. <laughs> don't do one before the other (laughs) and some of the drag performances like the shit that they were doing like popping off champagne and sticking it up their ass like (laughs) like, what's happening there's some really good drag there for sure yeah oh the coming down i've seen that a queen or two also just come do the walk down that fire escape Yes, the like Norma Desmond descending the staircase. <laughs> it's like a rusty old rusted fire escape. It's <laughs> great. Are you seeing um any of those 
people. Have you been seeing any of this people lately? Uh, not lately. There was a time in the pandemic where I was keeping in touch with people a lot more. And I had like a, um, I still have a Dungeons and Dragons game going on with some of those queens. And you that's do. a lot of fun. Have you, mm-hmm. have you, is this a new thing or have you always been interested in D&D? It's kind of both. So when I was a child in daycare, I was like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12. Um, we wanted to start playing D&D, my friends and I there. Mm-hmm. And our super Christian daycare teachers took our Dungeons and Dragons game away from us and was like, this is demonic. You can't have this. <laughs> <laughs> So then we decided we would just play Dungeons and Dragons without the physical game. And we just made it up as we went along. And it just kind of became this like fantasy role play story that we would make up together. Um, But then um, this, this game is my first time, like as an adult actually playing Dungeons and Dragons. And we started in Meet Space before the pandemic happened and transitioned to doing it online since. I, for some reason, thought that... I didn't think that Dungeons and Dragons had a physical game. I thought it was LARPing. Like, it was all role-playing and it didn't actually have, like, a physical game. I mean, it depends. It's so complex. Like, there are books with, like, guides and storylines and statistics and characters and stuff. And there are boards that you can buy and, like, build on, but you also don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. It's There's so many different ways of doing it. It's pretty cool, actually. So who... uh, Tell me about your character that you're playing in Ah. the D&D world right now. Yeah. My character, his name is Vansir Dracalas. Oh. <laughs> he, he's a high half elf, um, half human hybrid, oh. and um, he grew up very cloistered. In he grew this, up in the cloisters. He grew up in the cloisters. Yeah, uptown Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he said he grew up in the cloisters. No, he grew up very cloistered. (laughs) His parents were a priest and a high priestess in um, the cult of the Golden Dragon. Um, So he, like, really had no exposure to the outside world except for, like, through his tutors and what he learned. And that's why he chose the adventuring life. He's rebelling against his upbringing. He is, like, he wants to explore and see the world. He's been doing that for some time. And um, he has this glowing amulet. He's also a sorcerer. Uh-huh. Um, and whenever he casts a spell, the amulet glows. But he's not sure why. It was given to him at birth, and no one ever uh-huh. explained that to him. So and you have out as part of his journey. Oh, so you haven't figured out why your necklace glows yet? No, I kind of, you kind of want to, like, give little seeds to the dungeon master so they can, ooh, like... Ooh. <laughs> Do stuff with it later, oh, you know? That sounds a little... A little, um... BDSM-y. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're, you are a bottom in Dungeons and Dragons, for sure, unless oh. you're the Dungeon Master. <laughs> oh, oh. So wait, yeah. the, the Dungeon Master is the only top in D&D? One top, many bottoms, yeah. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> I'm scandalized. <laughs> One top, many bottoms. That should be like the D and D tagline. I love it. It's One like top, the opposite of Dawson's me- fifty love weekend. <laughs> Dawson, what? <laughs> Dawson's fifty load weekend. Is that like a porno of Dawson's Creek? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's like an early, like, bareback porn, like, back in the early (laughs) 2000s, maybe the 2000s, like, when there was sort of, like, a reaction against the condom-only porn era. Um, It was one of the first Treasure Island media um, porns, I think. I think it was Treasure Island. Don't quote me on that. Right. I wonder what the porn industry is doing right now. Yeah, man. I don't I don't know. I have a feeling that they're working. Or some of them uh, are working because my friend, who you know as well, I believe <clears throat> said that they were filming. Huh. Um, like a studio? I believe so. Yeah, I don't believe it was like um I don't believe it was an OnlyFans or something. I believe it was a studio. Yeah, I don't really follow studio porn at all anymore. But I mean, I know everyone's doing OnlyFans now. Like everyone, that's that's where everyone is. Yeah, and people, I've even come across people that aren't doing really sex work on OnlyFans. They're just like putting out fan videos of them talking. It's not even really sex work. Really? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Um. Oh. oh, and who? There's a celebrity that's doing that too, and it's they're not like they're not doing sex work, and they're not nude in it. Um, it's just like some like fans thing. They just they're doing it that way, and I forget oh, who funny. it is that I read. Yeah. And then there's what's the difference between that and just for fans? Is it like the same thing? Same concept, different company. I think just for fans is just smaller. I think it also might be gayer. I think it might be gay owned, but I'm not sure. Uh, is OnlyFans not predominantly gay? I don't know if it's predominantly one or the other, but I know there's a ton of straight content on there too. Uh, I can't honestly say I've ever looked at OnlyFans. I could pick the logo itself out. <laughs> But I, I don't believe I've ever actually been on it. I subscribed once to one person who was like, it was a very niche thing that I was very oh. intrigued by. And um, it was cool for a while, but I was like, I don't even pay $10 a month for this. You know? oh. Are you on OnlyFans? No. I always like go back and forth between whether or not I should do something like that or not. Mm-hmm. I was there on the side of not. I don't know. I guess you can really kind of, I mean, drive your own car when it comes to OnlyFans. You're not. I mean, yeah, but the thing is, too, like, you really, once you put media out there like that, you lose all control of it. Like, there are, there's a huge, like, I don't know if community is the right word, but there's a huge group of people out there who spend time trawling the internet and scraping videos from OnlyFans and posting them for free on like Discord and Telegram and other chat sites like that. Um, and th- right. then like if your video is out there, it's out there. You have no control over it. So right. 
So I don't know if I'd want to give up that much control. Right. But don't they have to pay to scrape the videos from there? I don't know. I don't know how it works. Oh. Well, I guess though, if you, I mean, if you do any type of video content like that and it shows up anywhere, (laughs) it's like out there. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. For sure. Yeah. I was remembering um, today the picture of us dancing in the pavilion, which I believe way have been the tea dance um, in the woods. Oh, I love that picture of us. <laughs> so was, cute. I was in a caftan and you were wearing... I think it was a gold sequin sparkly jacket and right, a bow tie yeah. and nothing else. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I did a bit of ketamine. <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. <laughs> and I remember um, just like going into another universe for a little while on the dance mm-hmm. floor while I was dancing. I'm like, I'm watching a movie right now. I don't know what's going on. Um, Miss K is great for that. Yeah. Well, you know, K is like really, really showing up in um, the mental health field right now. It's amazing. I, I've been I haven't been following it like a lot, but what I've been hearing is like really encouraging, especially for depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cool. It's like the new pot. Yeah, but is it? <laughs> I just mean in like the next thing that's been like, you know, an illicit substance that people mm-hmm. are taking more seriously medicinally now. Yeah. I've never done that that small of an amount of it. <laughs> I don't know what it, know what it Let's be real. I don't know what it feels like to only do like the tiniest little amount to make you feel such a little bit better. I've only done it where I've fallen into like a desperate Alice in Wonderland hole to bring her back in the conversation. Oh my god, too funny. <laughs> Yeah, because I was, I think I was having a conversation with a therapist friend of mine, and I was like, who also has done K recreationally. Um, and I was like, I, how much K are they giving people? And they said, it's a really tiny, tiny little microdose amount. <laughs> it's like, it would have to be. I would not yeah. want to walk around my day like in a kale. <laughs> They're the worst. I, I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> At a certain point, you're just totally dissociated. Like, I guess, because you can't be depressed if you're dissociated no, out of your mind. No, I'm no longer in here. <laughs> I'm free-floating. Cured. Yeah. Hi, it's me. Sorry to break up the conversation, but I'm stepping into the sponsorship space. Wink, wink for a moment to tell you about something extra special, Patreon. Patreon is a membership-based platform for content creators to earn a monthly income while providing rewards and perks to you, our subscribers. I Miss You has two recurring monthly membership levels starting at $5. So what do I get for that $5, you say? Well, my undying gratitude for one. Isn't that enough? No, it's not enough, come on. You'll get bonus content every other week, including videos by me, Patreon-only posts and updates, 
and access to the members-only Facebook group, where you can connect with me and other listeners, share stories of reconnecting, oh, and join in on a once-a-month Facebook live chat, where you can ask me questions about the show. Your monthly sponsorship supports producing the podcast, including website and other platform fees. Uh, They really add up. Recording studio rental, editing equipment, and let's be honest, probably some treats for my dog, Najdia. She's hungry. Like all the time. Visit imissyoupodcast.com for a link to our Patreon page. And if all that business isn't of interest to you, but you would still like to support the show, you can make a one-time donation through our website as well. Oh, and another way to show support is by sharing our podcast with your dog. Kidding. Sharing this podcast with everyone you know. Seriously, everyone. Now, back to the episode. I have to say, I love the concept for this show so much. I think it really speaks to like where we're at in this moment in culture. Like, mm-hmm. just that that title, I Miss You, is like, I miss you, and I miss you and you and everybody else in the world right now, you know? Like, just rings very true. And I, I think it's great. Yeah, and I mean, I, more than anything, um, getting the chance to, like, sit across from friends and gab for, like, an hour is... Is very rewarding. Yeah. yeah, we don't do this in our like friendship regularly. No, I have. You have to create an entire podcast around it if you want your friends to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, <laughs> you haven't texted me regularly, so I created a podcast, and I'm really going to need you to come on here as a guest. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, we like we do we do message with some frequency, like. Like, I don't feel like I totally don't know what's going on in your life right now, you know? Um, but I also don't feel super connected with you either. Like, I guess it's kind of the funny thing about, like, Facebook and social media. Um, especially when you, like, have had a time in your life when you've, like, been, like, you know, close in, like, terms of daily and person interaction with somebody on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Yeah, I missed that. That was fun. <laughs> I loved having you around here in LA all the time. <laughs> yeah, we had we had some good times in LA, and we <laughs> haven't we haven't we're going to miss our second year of our like seven day seven day camp out with all the other queers this year again. Like that's our second. I know our second know. Year, our second year in a row because it was canceled last year because of the pandemic it will be canceled again for the pandemic so we haven't all we haven't had our like seven day confinement together seeing each other like almost 24 hours a day for seven days and like having deep conversations around a campfire yeah all that cross-pollinating that happens yeah (sighs) yeah i'm craving it bad i know yeah, I really wanted to. Yeah, I don't know why I was thinking about, you know, I wanted to go to Provincetown and I wanted us to go on that little trip. And I can't remember why I pulled out of it or why I decided maybe it's not such a good idea for me. I thought you had some other travel around that time you might have had to do that you needed to be Ew. more 
isolated for or something. No, it was because I was going to take a big trip this summer. Um, I'm still trying to go go over to the UK and then maybe bounce around mm. to a couple other places. And because I'm starting a clinical internship, then I was afraid of taking off time. However, that being said, it is really only just a weekend around Halloween. Um, yeah. Maybe it's worth revisiting. I'm down to revisit it. My yeah. thing is, I'm just not sure how much of like a critical mass will be able to assemble. And I'm not sure like how much masks off socializing will be yeah. appropriate by then. And it's not an event you want to go to with your mouth covered the entire time. Like, no, that's true. Um, I, I, was in <laughs> I want to go there to like make out with strangers and suck dick. And, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, I was there, you know, over the new year's Eve week and they had a mask mandatory mask ordinance on their main street on the commercial street. Mm -hmm. um, everyone was pretty masked up there. It was a ghost town. Yeah, um, I think so. And I don't really, I cannot imagine that it can go back to what it was again this summer because we are, we're going to barely be like getting people vaccinated by the time the province on summer would, would be starting. And there are not going to be like thousands of people pouring in there and like on top of each other. It's just, we're not there anymore. We've changed, we completely changed as a society. Um, and I'm afraid Providence is going to have another one of those summers. Like I can't imagine. I, I think they will. I, I would be shocked if they were able to go back to the way things were this summer. Maybe by fall, it will be there maybe 75% like maybe or something. And that's that's kind of why I'm thinking, you know, we can sort of keep our fingers on the pulse of how things seem and re revisit that conversation for for P-Town Halloween as things go along. Yeah. I mean, girl, I want it so bad. But if this isn't um, the year, it's not the year. Yeah, because yeah. it's also a bit of coin to mm -hmm. like go and feel like you're, you're kind of like... Oh, well, it's not like what it used to be. Totally. Yeah, I'd rather save that coin for the next year when we can be like, woo, tits out, masks off. Yeah. Hopefully we will be there in at, at, at year three. I hope so, too. I, it won't be year three. But, I mean, it's going to be an entire year coming up. In like We're a coming up to weeks. it. Yeah. And even, well, I guess if you considered first cases here, well, we've already passed that year marker, but... Totally, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think quarantine started for me on March 14th-ish, somewhere around there. Yeah, and because it was the... I had a birthday. My birthday is March 15th, and I had a party at my apartment on the 14th, and that was the, <laughs> the eve of everything happening. Oh, the next day was God. like, everything is crazy. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> I also was at a party like the weekend before I went to San Francisco and like went to this big 
kinky gay dance party and was like dancing around in my jock strap and harness and you know making nice with all the fine san franciscan gentlemen up there mm-hmm. and uh on the drive down i could see the cruise ship that was quarantined in the san francisco dock that had like some of the first cases mm-hmm. reported in the u.s and it was just it was it was just passing by that shit that was like, oh, mm. we're entering something different now. Mm. Like, I knew I was leaving San Francisco, going back to L.A. and, like, going into a new phase of something. How is it right now in L.A.? Because I just, I haven't really been following, but I've just been hearing craziness. It was really bad a few weeks ago when the numbers were just totally climbing, like it felt very scary. And I've really taken a step back from even the little bit of like going to the grocery store or whatever that I was doing. I've really just been having everything delivered these last few weeks, but um, now the numbers are going down again and they reopened um, uh, outdoor dining, which is interesting. Um, I'd say people, it really seems like there's kind of like two mindsets right now. Either you're kind of especially hunkered down because the vaccines are here or just like, you know, almost here. So you really don't want to get it when it's this close, you know, to getting the mm-hmm. vaccine. Um, and, and I feel like people are kind of like more insular than ever right now. Like people really aren't reaching out to friends like they were. Um, mm-hmm. It, it seems like a period of extra isolation or you just don't give a fuck. <laughs> and like, people right. are just like out there dining, shopping, hanging out with their friends in the park. Um, some people are definitely having indoor get togethers. I've definitely like, you know, walked by a few windows and seen that happening. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see a lot of in between. It's kind of, you're, it's kind of one of the other here yeah um but we have outdoor dining i don't remember if we've opened for indoor dining again but it's cold here it's not la it's it's, yeah i mean how do you do outdoor dining there well i mean it looks like a (laughs) it looks like a a hazmat situation it's like (laughs) it's just like a plastic dome with like fucking those heaters inside i'm like wait a minute aren't those heaters gonna just melt the plastic onto the diners like what's happening oh my god it just seems like too much business to just like for the sake of you know having to go out to eat but that's just how i feel about that i'm like I Maybe agree. this is a perfect time to hone in on those fucking cooking skills, Mary. Let's let's like not go get melted in the hazmat tent. Absolutely. Watch some YouTube videos, learn some techniques. Totally. Bake some cookies. Yeah, <laughs> vegans, you can tune in to Tabitha Brown. Get it. <laughs> oh, cookies, fuck. Um yeah, my relationship to eating has changed quite a bit since the pandemic. How so? Began. I was very strict with my diet mm. for quite some time. Um, and that was predominantly low carb, low sugar, intermittent fasting almost every day, 16 hours. 
Um, but I was very good about sugar and carbs. Well, <laughs> I have pounds of candy <laughs> in a fucking cabinet. And I opened and I and I just keep buying pints of like ice cream, although it's not ice cream because it's vegan. So it's like quotations, frozen dessert. I've just been buying pints. Like every time I go, I get like three more pints from the grocery store and I opened up the freezer. I'm like, this is a situation. <laughs> there are fucking 25 pints of frozen dessert in here. Like every night, like just eating sweet. Um, I've invited carbs back in. I'm like, fucking give me some goddamn French fries, you know? Carbs are the best. I feel bad that I ever shunned them. I, I welcome know. them into my life with grace and thanks. Because <laughs> carbs, that sometimes you just need a goddamn cookie. Speaking of which, I discovered the best fat boy cookie hack ever. <laughs> so you take, um, like Nestle Toll House chocolate chip cookie dough okay. and Reese's uh, peanut butter cups, the oh, small shit. ones, okay. and mash them up. You put you put the Reese's peanut butter cups into a, a plastic bag and you mash them up with the back end of a knife, which is great because you get out all that aggression. Mm-hmm. And um, then you take your cookie dough and you roll them in the peanut butter cups and mash it all together. And then you have Reese's peanut butter chocolate chip cookies that were like super easy. So you bet you bake them. Yeah. Oh, because I, I guess you can't eat raw dough. cookie dough because it has egg in it. You should. Right? Yeah. Even though it's all pasteurized, it's probably fine. Right. But, I got you. Yeah. We need to get you a meat tenderizer. That would be a good look. Yeah. Yeah. Like just fucking beat those Reese's pieces. <laughs> Reese's pieces. I'm telling you, it gets out the aggression. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel, yeah, meat tenderizer. Although, would the meat tenderizer just smash them beyond recognition? Like, because you want them to kind of crumble up. You don't just want them to be like, like, just like mush, right? You want like a mashed Reese's peanut butter cup, not not a smashed Reese's peanut butter cup. Oh, so you do want them more like mushy? No, no. What I, I'm because you know, like. Oh wait, no, I guess no, I totally have it backwards. You're right. right. Yes, you want it smashed, not mashed. Um, because you want like chunks, you know, you want some yeah. chunks of chocolate and peanut butter that are distinguishable. Right. Because I wonder if you actually if you put them in the freezer and get them frozen and then um beat beat them with the meat tenderizer, they'll break more like like um hard, like they're like hard. That's literally what I do. I missed oh. I forgot that step. Yeah, you wow. keep them in the freezer. I was like, I just imagine you just having this like goopy, goopy mash of like Reese's peanut butter. They're just like warm and like liquidy, and you're just like rolling this dough around it. I'm like, hmm, hmm, yum. Yeah, yeah. Because then when you bake them, I guess they'll just sort of melt into the cookie. They do, yeah. It's just like you know, another chocolate chip in there or something. I saw but this, it makes them so much better. Yeah, I saw this um, advertisement today for like a thirty-six dollar vegan cookie that's made with tahini. <laughs> Ridiculous! It was absurd. But, but I can't ever look at tahini again because of the, of the tub 
or tubs of tahini that would be in the main house on the mountain. Oh my god, those tahini tubs where we, tubs where we are would just go like... where we would go camping. <laughs> And there'd just be like uh, there'd just be like people in the middle of the night. They're just fucking hungry because you're camping out, and like there's no food around. Like all the apples and bananas or fruit that they put out for people to snack on, it was gone. So people would just be like opening these like things of tahini, just like scooping out of their hand. Ugh. it's too much tahini. It is too much. too much. What is- I have definitely in some like adult haze gone and made myself what I thought was like a peanut butter honey sandwich oh. turned out to be a tahini. Yes. I remember that happening to you. And I was like, what a terrible surprise. It was <laughs> worse Oh my God. What is tahini? I don't believe that I've actually intentionally ate tahini. Is what, It's sesame. It's sesame seeds. Oh, it's just like, it's not like peanut buttery though, is it? It's not sweet. It's not. It's just no. like salty, kind of like woody. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I can't stand it. Delicious. <laughs> well, I mean, I like it like on a middle. Like if I'm having like a Middle Eastern grain bowl or something, you know, like, <laughs> like, a drizzle of tahini <laughs> is nice on that. <laughs> a Middle Eastern grain bowl and jelly sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I but like what type of wood does it taste like? Mm. Is she a pine? Is she a an oak? Maybe oak. Oak. Yeah. Mm. I feel like I would love an oak scented candle, but I would not want to eat oak. There should be more wood scented candles. That sounds lovely, actually. I do love a candle that that takes me outdoors for a little adventure. Yeah. You know what else I also like? I love a tobacco, a tobacco um, and a whiskey candle. So much. Yes. I am not, um, I don't like your citrusy, fruity, um, like I just, I just spilled vanilla extract all over my counter type of candle. Totally. I, I'm yeah. into like a like a a bit of a, a rugged, maybe like a hippie. Yeah, like I'm into that type of candle. I love that. Yeah. I um I'm also really into linen spray. Um and one of like the most wonderful linen sprays I ever found, it was at Nordstrom of all places. How, and how of fancy. course it cost like well over a hundred dollars for a bottle of it, so it I cost did the not price indulge. of a tahini cookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, right. ma'am, can I trade you this tahini cookie for about <laughs> bottle of linen spray? <laughs> but it was so great. It was like I really love like smoky campfire scents, yeah. and that was a smoky campfire scent that actually smelled fresh at the same time. It, it smelled like when you're outdoors in a pine forest. And the air is crisp and clear, and there's a campfire going, and oh, it's just, it just smells so good. Does it smell like, because it's linen, does it smell like when you get that campfire smoke on your clothing? I don't know. I didn't actually spray it on any linen. I just sprayed it on a little paper sample in the store and asked how much it cost, and oh, then I went so away. It's, it's not linen scented. No. no. Oh, okay. I was like, are you? 
is is it it's a spray for linen for I your linen. I thought you meant a linen scented spray, and I was thinking like no. the Febreze brand. <laughs> no, it's a spray for for your linens. If you just want to like you know freshen up your bed sheets right. in between washings or something. Yeah, yeah, I have one of those um, for clothing. It's like a fancier. It's not like a Febreze, but it is a tiny bottle and it's fancier. And I forget what the smell of it is. It's something in the like. <laughs> In that wood, tiki, teak—I don't know—type of family, yeah. but it's somewhere it's somewhere yeah. in there. Um, that sounds lovely. Yeah. There is a candle that I got from—I believe it was Target—that I have right now, and it's tobacco, bergamot, and I think there may be vanilla in it. But it's just like the most subtle scent. It's not overwhelming at all. Like it doesn't like permeate I, yeah it doesn't like permeate your apartment you're like yeah i can escape it <laughs> just everywhere. totally it's not like a glade plug-in <laughs> oh, oh no oh that reminds me of when i was like i had no taste <laughs> and, uh, i can't imagine the time what <laughs> oh i can it was like practically yesterday but i remember when i had no taste and i would buy the Glade candles that you can buy in the grocery store. And it's like, they're just like, the scent is like raspberry. <laughs> it's like, Ra- it's very, raspberry industrial. Plant. It's very simple. <laughs> it's like raspberry, but it really doesn't sound like it doesn't smell natural at all. And, no. I, and I was buying those um, for our loft apartment when I lived in Atlanta. <laughs> my, my roommates would always come home and be like, we can't have that in our house. <laughs> like that smells. We could smell it from the parking lot. Oh my god! I bet they could. Yeah, I'm no, sure they weren't exaggerating. Those. I mean, there's just so much fragrance in those Glade candles. It is. It's absurd. I yeah. Ooh, what are you having? What is that? Do you mind if I pour myself a glass of wine? Oh, please do. Thank you. What I'm what? having? What is this? This is Sterling Vintner's collection Cabernet Sauvignon. Ooh, of course. Yeah. When I was, it's kind of smoky. Yeah, I mean, I did, I did love a a red. I loved a a, a dry and a thick red. Mm-hmm. That's that's what she is. Yeah. Dry and thick. Although although the dry and thick red wine would always give me really bad acid reflux that is a fact of life yeah <laughs> so i would always need to like open up the bottle pour myself a pint glass and then i'd have to take like two prilosec to be able to make it through you know you cannot have the rose without the thorn it's true yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean i've always had problems with acid reflux but then i was like have I always had it, or did it just start when I started drinking? And then that's been happening. That was happening forever. So maybe it was just the cause of that. <clears throat> I had it really bad for a while, and then it just went away, thankfully. But yeah. I don't know. It's not like my eating changed or anything. Like it's so weird. But yeah, mine. Thank God, us. It still, it still comes back. You know, and I don't. I haven't. I haven't drank in a while and i still get it from time to time really badly too like to where it feels like 
there's someone sticking a knife like in my chest area. It's so there. bad. And I yeah. can't like at even sleeping, it's like painful. And then I Yeah, if you're getting it at night, like it's really bad. Yeah. But it isn't consistent. It just like pops up every once in a while. And it's not like I'm like swallowing fire that day or or I'm like eating some type of like spice that I've never had before. I'm not like that experimental in my diet. <laughs> totally. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty much actually the same old, I just eat the same food all the time. Yeah. Me too, actually. Yeah. I'm very, very, uh... I guess I'm a typical Taurus in that way. I'm very predictable and routine in my habits, eating included. Right. I don't know if my sign is predictable because I'm Pisces. We're watery. Y'all are not known for being predictable, uh, predictable particularly. <laughs> Pisces are known for flip-flopping more than anything. Well, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I do eat. Yeah, I do eat the same foods. I do love. I do love the uh, particular sets of frozen desserts, which I stock up on. What's your favorite um, vegan ice cream or frozen dessert or whatever? Well, here's the deal. Because I eat so much of it, I try to eat the ones with lower sugar lower carbs, lower fat, just like ones that aren't as indulgent just because I want to eat more of it. Like I want to finish that pint. So my Who go- doesn't want to finish a pint? Like, girl, if you're sitting down with a pint, you're eating a pint. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's not just the pint for me. Like I scoop out a center of, I scoop out the center of, and I eat that real quick. So mm-hmm. then I've hollowed out the center so I can then put that fake chocolate syrup down the center. Oh, that's smart. So once she's I got like that. that in there, then I like to crush up some type of cookies and sprinkle that on top of it. Yes, witch. And then sometimes if I'm really in my shit, I will go to the grocery store, pick me up um, like one of those um, non-dairy whipped creams, and and a banana and like go all in on a banana split. That is decadent and yeah. kind of sexy. Like you got you whipped cream. Like you know, if you were with someone, you could like make a whole game out of that. With like you know, putting the whipped cream here. Oh no, right we're there. not wasting like, any yeah. of that. Every <laughs> bit of that is going in my mouth. <laughs> None of that is going in your fucking pores. <laughs> so my two are there's a brand. Well, actually. Let me see. There's a brand called Enlightenment that makes a that makes a vegan 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 version, and then they also have the regular dairy version, which tends to be it's like lower in calories or blah blah blah. And then there's one called Arctic Arctic Treat or Arctic Ice. I took. Oh my god. Let me hold on. I'm gonna look at my phone because I took a, a photo. Of the of the contents of my freezer, oh Arctic Zero. Oh, okay. And it's like, I mean, it's frozen dessert. It's almost borderline moving towards like an icy type of thing. But that being said, it's really creamy, and I believe that it's sweetened with monk fruit. Oh, that's cool. 
And it's like the whole pint is 160 to like 200 calories. It's really, so I don't feel bad. Now, I really enjoy eating them, but I could imagine if someone's used to like ice cream, ice cream or something a little bit more decadent, they might be like, what in the world is this? I totally I mean, know like, what you mean. As what? someone who's like lactose intolerant, like all of the like non-dairy versions of whatever, like yeah. I like it, but I, somebody else probably wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm used to it now because the that, that brand Arctic Zero was my huge go-to when I really wanted that like ice cream substitute when I was in my like little carb phase like very little carb phase are these like whole foods brands or can you get them at a regular grocery store no i mean it's really rare to find arctic zero there's one grocery store that's like a chain that's local here where i can find them i've never seen them in the whole foods i've never seen them in a um regular yeah i've never heard of that brand grocery store yeah, it's rare, but I but I found one place that's near me that has it. So I go and I stock up. Like I'm never gonna get I'm never coming back out this way. Mind you, it's five blocks away. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't I'd imagine Denver's like really good about the like vegan, non-dairy, like alternative health food stuff. Yeah, there are options here. I wouldn't say nearly as many options as LA. Interesting. I thought it would have been on par. I mean, Denver definitely has a reputation of being like a pretty, mm-hmm. you know, liberal forward place, I think. Yeah. Um, but I've been in some liberal forward thinking places where they were like hunter gatherers. I mean <laughs> they're like the Fair. liberals that lived off the land. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, those types yeah. Of people. like ethic- totally. ethical hunting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. I have to come out and visit you while that when that becomes a thing. I mean, I hope you're in Denver long enough for me to be able to do that. Um, well I'm committed yeah. I'm committed here through um <clears throat> spring twenty twenty two. Oh, cool. Then that will definitely be doable. I'm excited. I've never been to Denver before, and I couldn't possibly think of a better tour guide than you. Yeah, it's pretty... Um, it's 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 spectacular. The, the, the terrain, the mountains, <clears throat> all of the outdoor features are pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it's unlike... It's unlike I've ever anything I've ever seen before. Although I don't know, I've there were places through up through California and stuff like when you get up to Northern California that are equally as gorgeous. <laughs> but to have so much of that terrain like surrounding Denver and being like, you know, the closest bit of it being only like a twenty twenty five minute drive. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always sunny here, although I feel like it's it was sunny a lot in California, but it may have well, no, I shouldn't say it rained more in California. But it gets pretty cold there. We go through pockets. Um <laughs> it's been like in the fifties as our okay, high, as our highs, but oh, like, as your high. Oh. Yeah, but towards oh. the like 
we've had a couple days like it's in the, it's in the twenties today. Um, and overnight, I think it's supposed to go down to the teens. So we hit these pockets of like cold fronts. Um, but we get like, like one snow and then it's gone two days later because it's always sunny here. So it melts almost immediately. Like it's just like mm. gone. Like it never even came. Interesting. But it's, I believe it's constantly snowing in the mountains around this time. So you yeah. have to watch because we have a lot of avalanches that happen. I just read a, in the news the other day, there were like three, sure. three skiers killed by an avalanche. Like we have Science. avalanche craziness happening, like in the mountains. Um, Wild. But you just don't want to go onto, you don't want to go into the mountain when it's like recently snowed and it's been snowing, you know? Yeah. That sounds horrible and dangerous. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I, I had a close call last year, but I luckily something, my intuition kicked up and said, uh, something here is dangerous. Go back. Like something doesn't Mm -hmm. feel good. And wouldn't you know it, there was an avalanche like right in that area, like a little bit later in the day. Oh my God. Wow. Thank goodness you listen to your, your witchy intuition. Have you been doing any witchy things? Yes and no. Um, I've been reading Michelle T's book on tarot. And, you know, I've been casting a few spells here and there. Um, I can't say I'm really like deeply invested in any sort of practice right now, but yeah, dabbling. Did we say goodnight? <laughs> I think so. This has been so wonderful. Yeah, it's, thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you for creating a whole podcast just to give us an excuse to see each other's faces. I know. It's so selfish. <laughs> I just wanted to see everyone. So I'm like, I'm going to do a podcast about it. I want to make everyone it's, come to the table. <laughs> it's delightful. And I can't wait to see where it takes you and what you discover along the way. I will definitely be uh, be listening. Alrighty, Queen. <laughs> Much love to you. Much love to you. Great to see you. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye. Do you have any questions, feedback, or want to share a story about reconnecting? You can drop me an email at I miss you podcast at gmail.com. Find and follow the show on Instagram at I miss you podcast. I miss you is hosted, edited, and produced by me with lots of help from the universe. This episode was recorded at House of Pod in Denver, Colorado. Our podcast graphic was designed by Ian Sklarski. New episodes are released weekly on Wednesdays. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, and show some love with lots of stars. It really helps. If you would like to support I Miss You, as well as get additional content and access to our members-only Facebook group, where you can connect and share with other listeners, consider subscribing to Patreon. You can find a link to Patreon in our Instagram bio or at our website at imissyoupodcast.com. And finally, reach out, connect, and spread the love by telling all of your friends about our show. Till next time, new friend. <laughs>